Well, good morning, good day, good evening. My name is Jill, and these are some form of my journals out loud. And I am recording this on, I believe it is Wednesday, October 18th, 2023. It's really difficult to stay oriented to time and space and day. There's dark and light, uh, and there's just some day. So we're going to take a deep breath because there is a lot going on out in the world. And, you know, I have for the last year and a half been kind of wading through a lot of different ideas and really trying to focus on our nervous system and how it relates to those of us who are what I call wire for danger, but, you know, never really able to step away from the fact that there's so much going on that if you're not screaming or your nervous system isn't screaming, danger, 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 almost 24-7, 365, then you are definitely defaulting in terms of freezing up or running away because it is relentless what's going on. And yesterday, or I don't know at what point, out in the world, right? We really did, I think, kind of hit a critical point. But what I heard reported last night and what I've seen a little bit of this morning, there's no big coverage of it. And it's really around that uh, bombing of the hospital. And what I'm seeing is we just such a witness to who we are. We are, People as quote-unquote reporters are defaulting into what they want to be true versus what is the truth. And the reality is, is I don't know if, except for that person who, you know, hit the button on the bomb, knows who actually did what. And, you know, if you don't know what I'm talking about, in Gaza, there was a hospital that was bombed. And what I heard last night, I haven't seen that this morning, is over a thousand people now have died. And, you know, one side is the Hamas did it. The other side is Israel did it with the U.S. bomb. And I don't know what's true. I do know, you know, that it was horrific. And what I didn't see this morning that I did hear reported last night is that People are so enraged that they're going after the embassies. Uh, I, there was a report of in Turkey, uh, there's some soldiers at some kind of base and people, hundreds of people were in their car driving to attack the soldiers at the base uh, and that there is just intense chaos going on that we here in America are not being exposed to. The level of vitriol, of hate, of rage... I don't think Americans, and this isn't uh, maybe the English, but America doesn't realize how much we are hated out in the world. It's a bubble. Uh, I think I've talked about, you know, when I was in Europe in the early 80s, uh, I was shocked by how many people hated Americans. I used to say that the only people they hated more than Americans were the Germans, and I bring that up, not because, you know, this is a political podcast, but because we are on the cusp and entering into the effects of not paying attention to our own political process. And I think the Breitbart quote, Andrew Breitbart quote was, you know, politics is downstream from culture. 
And, you know, I started to ask, well, what is culture downstream from? And I think it's the art, you know, artistic expression and then culture and then politics. And then what's in front of art is really the human mind and the imagination. You know, the art world brings forth imagery, movies, stories, uh, narratives, and that becomes our entertainment. The entertainment then moves into culture, and then culture becomes politics. And politics is, you know, one step up from all out war and devastation. And we're there now, and, you know, we have the thing where we're hanging on the words of what's happening at the political level of events, of elections, of all these things. And that has zero capacity to change anything. I don't know about you guys, but the more that gets quote unquote revealed, the more pissed off I'm getting trying to not, you know, engage in it. But this horror show of and I didn't know this. The U.S. and Israel created Hamas. We, I think Rand Paul was talking about, we're still paying for, uh, we still give money to everybody that's a quote-unquote ter- terrorist. And he was saying, well, we pay both sides. And billions and billions and billions of dollars that are flowing all around the world. And none of it is here. And trying to wake up to this reality that we have allowed ourselves to get into this place where we're so distracted and oblivious that we are funding the atrocities of the world and nothing here is getting taken care of. You know, our infrastructure is falling apart. Everything's falling apart while our border is open, right? And there's this flood across the border. And I'm not telling anybody anything they don't know. What I'm talking about is the overwhelming response to the realities that we just didn't want to know about. So when I talk about this idea of what is the truth, the truth is always buried under what we don't want to know about. And then we try to hold accountability at the political level where it is unable to be changed. And that is the point we're at right now. I believe that this whole Wired for Danger then steps up and says, well, we didn't handle it when it was easy. Now we have to handle it when it's hard. And it descends into this horrific, horrible violence, which resets the cycle because you cannot have war and somebody come out a winner. Nobody wins in war. And even if your quote unquote side wins, you really haven't. What on earth would be a good thing, right, about these wild atrocities that are happening? And so And the reason most of us shut out, you know, and you may have tuned out by now, is like, I know, I know, I don't want to know about it because we can't, there's at a personal level, we don't feel like we can do anything about it. So we check out. And, you know, one of the things that I've struggled with is trying to bring the focus back, both with myself and with you, is that. The only point of power is with us and with ourselves. And it's hard to not feel wildly powerless as we watch 
the craziness that's going on around us. You know, what is the right way forward? What am I responsible for? What do I need to be accountable for? And these are not the questions that we want to ask. And that was, you know, the big reason I left social work is that nobody wanted to look in the mirror. Nobody wanted to say, well, this is what I can do. I mean, I used to fall over if somebody ever uttered the words of being responsible for anything. It was all about, you know, what are you going to do for me? How are you going to fix this? How are you going to get me out of my mess? And, you know, and, you know, and that's infinitely complex. What is a mess, right? What needs to be fixed? I mean, there's all kinds of uh, diversions and divergencies on this path. There's no absolute perfect solution. And we obsess about things most intensely as a nation that we can't control. And that's, you know, one of the points I've talked about or didn't, I can't remember, is that, you know, there's this focus on what's going on on Israel, but nobody's paying attention or wants to talk about what's going on at the border. And I was listening to uh, Michael Yon. You've heard me reference him before. And he's, you know, he was a Green Beret. He was... uh you know, he's hardcore wired for danger. And, you know, I've heard him talk about his take on women and danger and, you know, I, which is very negative. And so I have a, a block in my energy blocks against him in some ways, because I don't like when men speak about women that way. But, but at the same time, he's all over the world. He has a really good capacity to go to the heart of the matter. And he was talking to somebody about the Darien Gap. And if you're not familiar with that, that's in Panama. And that used to be considered the most dangerous. I remember it. It was just like a story that was, oh, like a pirate story, right? There's this 30-mile section of in Panama, and it's ruled by uh, you know, native Indians and warlord type people. And it's so dangerous, you know, you can't go in there. And that is uh, the pathway from South America to the, the border, the southern border in Mexico and the United States. And he spends a lot of time there. And he's been hammering this over and over and over and over again. And, you know, he, whoever was interviewing him, they were, wanted to talk about Israel. And he said, no, the real problem is the border. You know, that's a distraction. It's not what's happening over there isn't as important as what's happening here. And that, you know, if America falls, Israel falls. And, you know, I don't have any, I don't understand that part of the world. I just understand it's very chaotic. But the point being is that he's spent over a decade, decades now, he's, he's about the same age as me, over and over and over hammering this idea. And it's taken a very long time to come into the uh, awareness that anybody wants to be informed or to care. And, you know, we have the capacity now for video and drone footage and interviews and over and over and over again, seeing all these people coming across the border uh, or down through the Darien Gap to come across the border and the camps that are being built down there and that uh, the officials from the U.S. who are going down there to make the camps bigger and how uh, this is the rainy season and the people are flowing over in greater numbers and that, you know, they're gearing up so that a million people a year or, you know, or a month or whatever can come through. It's just shocking the the 
that what's happening. And we don't want to know about that. We're just kind of, you know, uh, but the point I wanted to make is that he's taken an idea that nobody wanted to hear because it's one that we are responsible for our southern border. I don't think anybody can argue that a country is responsible for its own border. And he's saying, hey, here's the boundary that you're bleeding out. If you don't cauterize this wound, you're never going to stop the flow. And they people do come in from other places, but the biggest push through is through this Darien Gap, which is shocking to me because it's this horrible, I mean, it's this really intense desert and, I mean, jungle. And, you know, people are walking through this. I mean, we think we're having a hard day and it's horrific. People are robbed. The women and the children are raped. It is horrific what happens to people on this uh, pathway that apparently nobody's getting the news about what happens during the journey. The The guys, the, the coyotes, they, it's a, it's a, contest how many can rape one woman. It's just horrific what's happening. And all of that is so overwhelming. We don't want to know. So we split off. We don't want to pay attention. But he, as a true word for danger person, has pushed and pushed and pushed and pushed the story out. And finally, you know, Congress people want to know. But again, it's all happening at the level of politics. And politics never solves anything. If you're watching any of this, the people talking, all they do is talk. Nothing changes. If you have any uh, paying attention to politics at all, it's all, oh, like it's a show, right? They go in and they yell and they, you know, beat up some poor man or woman who's representing the bad guy, right? And they abuse that person and then everybody feels good about themselves and nothing changes. It's, you know, a dog and pony show. It's endless, bread and circus, endless, 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 endless. Nothing changes. And we are finally moving into this point of time where we're at the effect of this cause that we chose to not deal with when it was simple and now it's catastrophic. We are hemorrhaging. Uh, our wounds are hemorrhaging because we did not allow them to heal. We did not create a boundary. We did not insulate. We did not do any of the simple practical things that any country must do. And, you know, other countries, I know there are people from, you know, outside of America who listen it's just sort of one of those things that comes and goes. Everybody has a different turn in this process. And, you know, there's no difference than what's happening in your home than what's happening in your country. And, you know, we would not sit inside our house and take our front door off and let people just walk through our house and do whatever they want, whether they wanted to take something, whether they wanted to move in, or they wanted to just pass through our house to get to the home on the other side. Uh, and that's essentially what we're doing. But it's so overwhelming. This is our nervous system. If the danger is so overwhelming, we shut down and we don't want to deal with it. Because even if we wanted to be responsible, what do I do? And, you know, it's, it is, it's overwhelming. And I, you know, at this point, we've really moved into this point where, uh, it's too late. There's no fixing everything that's happening. It's just going to play out at this point. But it's just too much. And I think what's different about 
our experience now, I think, than probably what our ancestors experienced is they did not have the amount of information. You know, they, a lot of people didn't know their country was at war until months after because news and information traveled so slowly. And that allowed all of the uh, manipulation to occur, right? All the backroom deals, all the secrecy, all this power politics play that happens without transparency and without accountability because nobody knew what was happening. You you had no way of knowing. You know, I love the old stories where uh, anybody could just walk into the White House. It was an open door policy. It wasn't scary in the very beginning. Uh, And now, you know, it's a fortress. And, you know, looking at what is bound up and what has boundaries and what doesn't. You know, the, the White House has walls around it now. The border to the country is wide open, come on in. And it's it's really no different than your home. It's really no different than your body, you know, in terms of who you let get close to you and who you don't let get close to you. And that really is, you know, one of the big secrets that we don't want is that change doesn't happen at the politics level. It happens within ourselves. And the most powerful thing we can do is clean up our own mess and decide you know, what kind of energy we individually want to put into the ethers that eventually comes through as the collective. And we do it all in reverse. We want to focus on the great big things that are happening out and around and not focus on the things that are happening within. And many people, most of us are just overwhelmed and tired. You know, I've been thinking a lot about, you know, where women are and why it's so hard to find women, you know, in terms of these conversations. And when I was looking up different uh, women's groups, what I saw, and and I'd love to hear this in the comments, I thought this was so interesting. You know, when men have like men's groups or they gather, they do gather around ideas and topics, but mostly it's just a men's group. There's no defining statement in the group or the reason people are gathering. But I noticed for women, it was always an identifier. It's around their sexuality. It's around their uh, marriage status. It's around their health issue. It's, it's around something other than themselves that they're interested in. It was always, there's always a caveat to it. So women, something group where men just have men's group. Now, I would love to hear from you in the comments if that's, uh, if that sounds true as a man or a woman, if you've noticed that uh, and your thoughts on that, because I thought that was really interesting because, you know, men are able to collect and group up less specifically. Women seem to be able to group up, but they need a reason. They have to have something separate from their womanness to identify around. And I and that goes into some other things, but I'm not going to cover that right now. But I thought that was really interesting. And part of the problem then is what I'm talking about here isn't interesting because it's it's event driven, it's external driven. You know, you you hear their women 
you know, there's a small percentage of women who are in politics and who are reporters. And most of those women are wired for danger women. And they are operating in their masculine energy. And they're push people, pushing for the truth, pushing for the story, pushing for the investigation. Uh, you know, same with men, investigative journalists, you know, war uh, correspondents. Those are wired for danger people, pushing into what is happening, what is the truth. Uh, but that still doesn't change anything. It doesn't get us over the hump. And that's why we need everybody. It's not enough to fight at the very end. It's not enough to investigate and get that single line of truth. It's not enough to have, uh, you know, evil exposed. It's not enough to shine light into the darkness. It takes everybody, regardless of who you are or where you are in your own energy or your own interests. And if we won't look at what's happening at the border, we still can look at what's happening to our own boundaries because it all is the same thing. The micro and the macro are the same thing, but it's so much easier to get distracted to the exciting visual events. You know, the video of, of you know, hundreds of thousands of people storming the, um, what's the word I want, the UN, the embassy in another country, all the Middle East countries, I certainly would not want to be over there right now. So, and then we look at that and we go, oh man, that's terrible. How scary. And then we turn around and we decide, you know, what we want to make for breakfast or dinner. And, you know, we go and we run our errands, we put gas in our car and our lights turn on and we don't think about it. We think, oh, that's just happening over there. It's interesting. It's tragic. It's unfortunate, but it doesn't have anything to do with me. We're, we're very disconnected from, in America especially, and England too, they've created a lot of chaos in the world. We're very disconnected in America from how we impact the rest of the world by obliviously funding uh, our military and our politicians to play games of power that are just wildly destructive. You know, I, I, I heard a blip about, you know, a woman was being sentenced for the January 6th. I've already forgotten her name. She's a mother of eight. She's already been under house arrest for three years. Now she's going to prison for five years. And most of the guys have gotten almost uh, close to 20 years, and they've already been in prison for three years, which is completely illegal. You know, one of the most interesting stories is the is why we have a judicial system the way we do because of exactly this type of thing, of being held without trial, uh, of being, you know, locked up without being charged, of all the, the mistreatment. And, you know, our, our judicial system is another thing that's out of control. And in America, we don't care. We're just obliviously like, oh, that's really too bad. And that's wrong. That shouldn't be happening. And we go back and we decide what to have for breakfast and we uh, turn on the water and we go jump in the car to get groceries or gas or go to work because it's not happening to us. We don't really care because it's not happening to us. And even if you stop long enough to say, okay, I want to care, 
Uh, I want to know what's happening. What can I do? It feels overwhelming. You know, in the at the beginning, you know, before as the revolution was gearing up, you know, they used to go down and get the tax collectors, and which is horrific. I'm not advocating doing this. And they did this horrible tar and feather thing, which is horrific. I remember, I think it was the John Adams miniseries, and I watched it, and I just realized it sounds funny. Ha, ha, ha. You know, you went tar and feather. And I watched them do it, and I was like, oh, my God, that's the most horrific thing. But they would run down and they would haul people out. There was accountability. Uh, just like that's happening in the streets in the Middle East right now, uh, you know, those people are going to get hauled out if they don't get out of those embassies. The soldiers in Turkey are going to get hauled out if, you know, they're not evacuated. And that was, you know, not good, but it was some version of accountability. It was like, listen, you are not doing what we want you to do. You're not keeping us, you know, you're not doing your job. And so the politicians, you know, coming face to face with their uh, constituents, that has weight, but we just go, uh-huh, 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 and we blow it off. And and I'm not saying, you know, you should run down and do anything because we're just incapable at this point. We're not in America. Uh, and I can't speak for other countries, but we're just incapable of getting it together. And uh, we group up, but we don't really organize because now we're getting spied on. So even if we wanted to organize, you know, we would get hauled off to jail because of the fear of the January 6th. So we're spiraling down. And, you know, now I... I'm here and it's like it all feels very depressing but the truth is the most powerful thing we can do is understand ourselves and our own energy and ask the question what are we contributing to the greater soup the greater ethers the collective energy of all of us and that's really how things change uh, you know, we can look at our borders and say, you know, that's terrible. We really shouldn't do that. But we also have to look at ourselves and what are we doing, allowing things in, ideas, feelings, information, uh, comments. Uh, you know, we do that on the Internet. We've, we're collecting all this information without putting up appropriate boundaries saying, no, I'm not going to give you space to my own mind. Uh, you know, when we look at entertainment culturally, there, some of the movies are so gross, I can't believe anybody goes and watches them. Uh, you know, we look at the advertisement. I don't know about you, but they must think I'm a 25-year-old guy because I'm getting the grossest advertisements ever uh, I don't want to look at women in these positions and photographs. And, and I'm not interested in that. And it's like, get that off my screen. I can't get it off my screen fast enough. And we are being inundated because we don't have boundaries. We don't have a way to filter all this stuff out other than just saying no. Not supporting these terrible movies. Not engaging in these uh, video games. Not participating in this culture that degrades life. You know, we're doing so many things at the personal level where we don't have any awareness of how that's affecting the bigger picture because it just feels like, oh, it's just me. I'm one person. It doesn't matter. But, you know, I like to liken it to a 
into a, you know, great big bowl of rice. You know, if you dump the rice out and you look at that and you go, oh, I'm never going to be able to clean that all up. But it takes every single grain of rice to be put back in the bowl in order to clean things up. And you may not feel like that one grain matters, but they all do. I mean, that's one of the great truths that we have, you know, within our spiritual traditions is that as tiny as we are, we're all equally important to that which created us. And to keep that thought requires us to take responsibility to clean up what goes on within us. And that is the hardest thing to do because everything about this world is distracting and pulling us outside of ourselves. And it isn't that you don't participate, but the shift is who we are within ourselves as we participate and not getting sucked down all these rabbit holes where we want the truths outside of us. You know, back to this bombing thing where, you know, people who are pro-Israel want to believe and are searching for the truth that verifies it was a Hamas bomb. Those who are pro-Palestinian are only searching for the truth that it was an Israeli-American bomb. And then there's a few people who are like, well, it's not important to me who did what. It's important for me to understand. But the majority of the people investigating, pushing, seeking, aren't looking for what is true. They're looking for the facts that establish the truth that they already want to believe or be true for themselves that their side is right, that they are justified, that their worldview won't change because the facts now support their belief system. And, and it's, you know, it's sophisticated and simple all at the same time. And the only reason I talk about all this is I feel like, you know, I've been, if I put any little thing out, it gets pushed back on. But I was inspired by this idea, you know, of Michael Yon pushing the Darien Gap as an idea that I remember hearing about it once upon a time, a long time ago. And it was just like the place of dark stories. It was mythological. It was far away. It was where bad things happened. And it didn't have anything to do with me and my life. But just imagine if we had known about it back then and shut it down. Now, because we didn't want to know about it, we didn't cauterize it as an artery. Now, it's like our whole body has been severed and we can't recover because the bleeding is we're just hemorrhaging. It's the blood loss is so great. We can't stop it because we didn't want to look when it was just one tiny cut that we could, you know, stitch up or cauterize and have it be over with. And now we have to deal with something that's so overwhelming after unbearable tragedy has happened to so many humans, regardless of your personal feelings about them. It's too much. And so I don't want to know about it. I'm going to shut down. I'm going to push it away. And that's what our nervous system does. It's very simple. Survival. Danger, 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 calm down from the danger. Danger, 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 calm down from the danger. Sympathetic danger, uh, parasympathetic, okay, it's time to calm down. And we are bouncing back and forth between these two things. Uh, A boundary, danger, 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 that's a boundary. Push, pull, pause, whatever you're going to do in response to that danger signal. And we're moving through our day 
in this constant rhythm of responding. And so this endless assault of information that's coming at us is overwhelming. And yeah, it does make us shut down because you can get angry all day long. You can be a fight person, but you're just sitting in your own tiny private world. Like, what do you feel like you can do about it? Uh, so you still need to discharge the chemicals because the hormonal response, the chemical response is as real as if you were there. But the next step is what do you do with that? How do we ever get in front of responding to all the things that are happening to us and not just stay in the response mode? Because as long as we are only responding to all the dangers that are surrounding us, then people who are in front, people who are pulling the strings or entities or whatever you want to call it, that are pulling the strings will always be ahead of us until you understand how you're being manipulated with your push-pull-pause by this constant assault, by not choosing what you want your boundary to be, by not choosing how you want to participate, uh, by not being responsible for cleaning up the mess inside of our own homes, will constantly be responding to all the distractions. And that is not simple or easy or fast or definitive, and it never ends. And that's sort of the great myth is that, oh, if I can just become enlightened, right, I can sit in a cave and be meditative and not have anything bad happen to me. Uh, you know, the great illusion about peace, it's not the absence of conflict. It's the ability to be peaceful within the conflict. Uh, you know, that's my struggle. How do you be wired up with violence and stay peaceful? I mean, that's the mastery. It's pushing past the the system response that you've got within and getting in front of it, you know, and I realize at this point, you know, most people are like, oh, you know, this is big stuff. This is the deep stuff. This is the hard stuff. This is the stuff that makes everybody want to tune out and not be responsible for because it's so much easier to focus and get distracted and emotionally manipulated by things that are happening very far away that I have, we have no capacity to be responsible for. Because if it's not here and it's not happening to me, what am I going to do about it? But at some point, it always comes home. And we are on the brink of seeing that. You know, I've been listening over the last, you know, six months or so to all these podcasts about history. I am learning more about the actual, because now that we're so far away from a lot of the events uh, and people who are doing the research are not American oftentimes, and so they're not giving our skewed view. Uh, it is shocking to me as I listen to the history of the world, how horrific we are as human beings of the atrocities of the horrible, horrible things that have happened. Uh, and, and we think, oh, this is the worst time ever. There has always been the worst time ever for somebody somewhere. I mean, the things that people have done in the name of quote-unquote progress is just unspeakable. At some point, if we ever want to climb out of this mess, we're going to have to do something differently. And 
I believe the shift isn't by controlling everybody and everything around us. It's about waking up to who we are within and the responsibility we have to manage ourselves, that the change comes from the inside out. And what I love about this that I've been talking to you about, and I'm still developing it, is this push-pull-pause energy, is the more I'm thinking about this and seeing it, you know, that article on the animals to me was so interesting, because now I'm observing the dogs, and who they are is push-pull-pause, and, you know, when the boy dog has a lot of insecurity, and he pushes himself onto me when he wants attention, I mean, he literally shoves his face on me, or he he does this thing where he puts his head on my neck and he practically chokes me out. He's so strong and heavy. Where the girl dog just passively pauses in front of me and waits to be petted. She doesn't push. Now, when we're out walking, she's all about push. I want to go here, you know, and I correct her. And it's like, okay, I want to go here. And it doesn't, she doesn't care. You know, what's interesting as a sidebar, when I first got her, the two boys just beat her up all the time. And I thought, wouldn't it be interesting for her to be alone and let her personality come out? Oh, well, what's come out is that she's extremely pushy, but she wasn't allowed to be pushy because the two boys, her brothers, pushed at her. Once she had freedom, she found her internal push, which of course has resulted in my left side being infinitely out of whack because she's quite a push person, pulling my arm out of the socket practically. But but I'm watching them. Now, she doesn't like to jump, and so she she freezes up if she has to jump. He pushes up to any height. He just springs, you know, up into the air and can jump incredible heights. And they have, you know, the same genetics. And so it's fascinating for me to kind of watch their push-pull pause within themselves. Who's dominant? You know, what they, how they maneuver those two energies within themselves, how they maneuver that with me. You know, I will physically have to push him off of me uh, and how much he fights my push when he wants attention, period. So these are operating all the time, whether it's a country uh, pushing into another country, whether it's migrants pushing across the border, uh, whether it's Americans freezing up and I don't want to know about it. And so we're just going to turn a blind eye until that push is literally at your door. And then the push people wake up and say, uh-uh, and they might gather some other pull-pause people to fight back. But had we just paid attention to the slight nudge at the border, we could have shut it down. And so it's happening all around us at the micro level and the macro level. And I am, you know, paying attention to all this, you know, true or not, I don't know, but I'm hoping, you know, if we can give ourselves a language, if we can understand this push-pull-pause process within ourselves, if we can get more sensitive to the energy as it's happening within us, then that will create a higher level of mastery of when it's happening at the macro level. If we can manage it on the micro level, then we can understand it at the macro level. Because once it reaches 
macro status. It's like a tidal wave. Like what's happening at the border, we don't just flip a switch and make that go away. It took a long time to gain momentum to create the amount of flow that's happening. And so you don't just say, oh, let's take a vote and Congress build a wall and it all goes away. It just doesn't work that way. And in the same way, you know, that if we are, uh, you know, let's say we've, uh, you know, our house burns down. You don't just like flip a switch and move into a new home and everything is magically okay. I mean, there's, it takes time and energy and process. And, you know, the great tragedy of movies and storytelling is they clip all that other stuff out. You just have a beginning, a middle and an end. We've lost that sense of how much time it takes to move through these processes. And that's what life is all about, whether we want to consciously participate or we just want to be, you know, in the middle. You know, if you watch those schools of fish, how they all move together is, is just incredible. Like one system, even though they're made up of, you know, thousands of tiny little fish, we're not any different. It's those great, uh, if you can see those uh, drone footage of humans on the streets, we're just like little ants, you know, scurrying about in cities. We don't look any different than if you look down at the ants and watch them scurrying around. So, uh, you know, none of this is happening in a vacuum. We're not victims of all of this. You know, we've been participating through generation after generation Uh, And these are the effects of not wanting to pay attention to the border, not wanting to pay attention to the politicians, not holding anybody accountable. I swear every time I hear something else that we're paying for, where all this money is going, and yet we've got, you know, hungry, homeless tragedies happening left, right, and center. It's shocking that we're just going, "Uh uh-huh, uh-huh, uh-huh. Let's just bomb something up overseas so we, we keep distracting at some point, all of this comes home to roost. And right now, we're still having our attention drawn overseas. But at some point soon, it's going to be happening here. And what I'm telling you isn't going to make you safe and everything's going to be okay. What I'm telling you is a way to try to understand it and be part of the solution, not because you're having a personal guarantee of comfort and safety. But at some point, we have to decide as humans, if we ever want to change this, that we have to look at the way that it actually can change. And all you have to do is listen to history and realize that we're just repeating cycles. Nothing is changing. The atrocities are not changing. They're changing locations, they're changing people, but the atrocities themselves are not changing. And this idea that we can just fight it, kill it, beat it, chain it, imprison it, and everything will be okay isn't enough. You know, I think the good thing is that you're hearing a lot of people talk about, you know, this is a spiritual issue, not a political issue. But the next step is that you don't solve spiritual issues with physical violence or physical strength. The next step in human evolution is understanding our power mentally and emotionally. And that is all energy. And energy is 
push, pull, pause. It is the flow. It's the interaction. It's the movement. And that's the skill set and the ideas, you know, I'm trying to work with you here as I'm seeking to understand it myself. I don't have any answers. I'm just trying to understand it and paint pictures for you and with you to empower you. But the thing I can't do is make you want to care. And most people don't because As I learned as a social worker, we just don't like to be responsible for things that we can't control the outcomes of. It's hard to say, quote unquote, pray about something and not be guaranteed of getting what we want because that's not what prayer is. It's the connection and the energy. It's not the control of the outcome. And that is extremely difficult, especially for Western civilization. So these are all big ideas that aren't hidden or secret, but they are unwanted. And I think the time has come to be like Michael Yon and to just focus on not what people want to hear, but what the real issues are. So we'll see how it goes. This is a big idea. I know it's easier to just look at pictures about the dogs, but with that, there's a lot going on out in the world. And so I just wanted to give you a different perspective than, you know, bad guys, bad, good by good guys, good, which only mean anything by which side you stand on. So with that, it's a lot to take in. Good things to journal about. Take a deep breath and I will see you next time.